secretive about his special information. Now they know that he's a specific race. A specific race? <laughs> I think he's on a podcast. They knew he was a specific race already. So, Fair enough. Fair um, enough. Anyways, well, today we're going Talking to... about the Golden Girls. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, t- today we're going to be going over a Season 7, Episode 7, Dateline Miami. Uh, Ski will be doing our recap for us today, um, but I do have uh, some listener interactions uh, oh, to nice. go over. I think I would mentioned that I was going to kind of parse these out a little bit, mm-hmm. so I'll go over my next one with you today. We had some uh, uh, comments from uh, from Jennifer. Oh, hello, Jennifer. Hello, hello. Uh, and I do want to mention this is separate from the comment from her, but uh, apparently by the time this comes out, it'll have already passed, um, but her and her band are going to be doing a show in uh, Mexico City. Or oh, nice. It was Mexico City. It's in Mexico, but it was Mexico City. I gotcha. Um, but they're going to be doing a concert. She's going to send us a link to it so we can actually Very see cool. her, oh, nice. her group perform. Nice. So hopefully if she gives permission, I'll, I'll send, I'll ask for permission when she does, but I'll try to post it on her page. It'll be my... Yeah, link it or something? What's that? Yeah, exactly. It'll um, be my new favorite um, Mexican performance ever. <laughs> Very nice. Even above La Bamba? Yeah, well, even above <laughs> the, the Tijuana Donkey Show ski did. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that one, we didn't say that on YouTube Listen, or anything. Th- there's a lot of people that can play music. Got Not flagged. everybody can take a donkey the way Ski can. Exactly. It's a sight to behold. Majestic, <laughs> some would say. Oh, <laughs> you guys are flattered me. Well, uh, Jennifer had uh, mentioned, uh, whenever I do my weekly post on Facebook, uh-huh. which is the one social media thing I keep up with, uh-huh. um, at the end of it, I always... Usually like three, four days later. Well, I would say that more often than not, I'm on the first day. But if I'm not the first day, it's the second day. I think gotcha. there's only been one time when I went past the second day before gotcha. I did my weekly update. But maybe twice. Anyways, uh, at the end, I always say that new episode, whatever the new episode is, is available now. And I put mm-hmm. now in capital letters. Yeah. And uh, she says the uh, Cap's demand of now sounds vaguely threatening. Uh-huh. And I just said I'm glad she's seeing the subtle subtext in the weekly updates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then she uh, sent a little gif of uh, Beavis as Cornholio. Oh, nice. <laughs> you know, saying, <laughs> are you threatening me? Uh-huh. <laughs> so nice. I thought that was funny. <laughs> um, but then, like I said, there was also the her news. She said that, uh, I said, oh, I wish we lived closer to the uh, southern border. Uh-huh. You know, that we could check out their show. But she said she's in the leak and that we could. Uh, watch it while eating tacos. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Anyways, um, that's all I have for today as far as uh, interactions go. Yeah. Um, I've got a uh, one more interaction, but I'm gonna save it till next week. Nice, so. nice. Um, then Ski has good news, I hear. Huh? Huh? Oh, yeah, we talked about it last week, didn't we? Yeah, that you were gonna say good news this uh, week since so it's your night. Yeah, just it's kind of minor. Um, so uh, it I know you guys... a, if it involves a minor, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to be the complicit. charges were dropped. <laughs> <laughs> You hear me? He yeah. wants it to be complicit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he did do that favor last week. You have to extend the same to him this week. <laughs> I made him complicit in copyright infringement. He's making me complicit in a man act violation. <laughs> I think I have voiced my uh, discontent with work here lately, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, this last Friday, we did uh, something called. Uh, are you guys familiar with 5S at all? Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. It's a manufacturing term. Okay. Uh, basically, it's basically, it, I forget what the, all the 5S's are offhand, but it's like sort, straighten, uh, set in place, and sustain or something like that. Mm-hmm. And bottom line is saying you get a specific work order or work area, mm-hmm. yeah, you set it in, into a good order mm-hmm. so it's workable, mm-hmm. and then you keep it up, right? Uh-huh. Basically, you keep it in good working order yeah, so that sustain it. it does, <laughs> yes, it doesn't get messy or, mm-hmm. or disorderly. <laughs> <laughs> and some people do 6S because safety is uh-huh. you know, okay. the 6S. Ski does a 7S. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> but he has that as his number one. Exactly. His new number. Re- I've got my own ranking system, yeah. 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 It sounds like his new number eight is Sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did a 5S project, right? Uh-huh. And it took most of the day. Yeah. And uh, every project takes most of the day for ski. <laughs> it does, <laughs> but you were rewarded with the ninth deaths Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, what I'm getting at is it took most of the day. We got the area nice and clean looking, especially mm-hmm. compared Spiffy. to what it was. Mm-hmm. Spiffy, indeed. Stainless. <laughs> well, when you were done getting all these S's, did you skedaddle? Uh, oh, the no, yeah. sadly, sadly, no. <laughs> so sadly's the 12th, well, uh, yeah. um, which means the 13th was his uh, Saturday spent Simonizing his car. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a you sucker say for Simonizing. Simonizing or sodomizing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 14th. Yes. <laughs> Fucking that car right in the tailpipe. Exactly. That sounds extremely painful. Well, I can't I believe mean. can't believe Ski was patient enough to wait to fourteen for sodomizing. Yeah. <laughs> Normally that's in his top five. That's true. <laughs> Just jump straight to it. <laughs> Do you raise your hand during the presentation? It's like, hey, where's sodomy in this list, sir? <laughs> There's a uh, you know the musical Rent or no? Yeah, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever see the movie? No. Or, no, okay. no. Well, it's, it's, I like the Jesse L. Martin, though. Yeah, it's, it's a good show. Um, Sharon and I saw it uh, locally, and then we saw it in New York when we were there also. Mm-hmm. Not the original cast. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, Not Jesse L. Martin. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it saw a solid uh, musical. Well, James had never seen it. Um, he was one of our other friends. Mm-hmm. But there's a particular... One of eight kids I hear. Yes, exactly. And there's a line in it that it's uh, sodomy, it's between God and me. Mm. Um, and we were playing basketball one day, and I <laughs> and I said sodomy is between God and ski, and James <laughs> found that to be one of the funniest things he'd ever heard. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> See, we do talk about the butt stuff on a pretty regular basis, don't we? Exactly. <laughs> it's our hallmark. Exactly. <laughs> good Lord putting it in ski's tailpipe. <laughs> oh. So, anyway. <laughs> that I little, don't even know what I was talking about anymore. That little talking. grunt is not <laughs> appealing. <laughs> There were a lot of S's you were talking about at work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so... You had a full day of achieving them. 
Yes. <laughs> Good well said, yeah. Yeah. So we got done with this project. You spent uh, your day sh- showering and shaving. And <laughs> <laughs> we know so many S words. Our vocabulary is unparalleled. <laughs> Second to none. <laughs> exactly. Slightly better than the average, I would say. I think we're, I bet our vocabulary is better than slightly better. Yeah. I would say, I don't know if it's significantly better, <laughs> but substantially better. Sure. I'll go along with that. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Um. Yeah, all I was getting at is, uh, so we spent the whole day basically cleaning and stuff, mm-hmm. and I realized how much I enjoy that more than my current job. Uh, and so, so uh, now you're a sanitation engineer. <laughs> I they're apparently going to hire for someone who does like cleaning projects and organize all that, right? It's called a janitor. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> well, so right now, a sanitation the, specialist. So he's going to get a white T-shirt and a blue denim vest like Schneider. And That's right. <laughs> Pays very well. Yeah. I'm going to go for it, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I really am going to go for it. Good luck. Uh, they haven't posted for the job yet, but I've already got a bunch of ideas. Uh, it would be a pretty in-depth position as far as what's required, I think. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. right now, they, I believe they contracted out for over $100,000. Oh, wow. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I, I would have to undersell that to make it worth their while. For sure. But uh, I could probably make a significant increase in pay for a job that's Significantly less stressful. Well, good. I, mean, I hope we're <laughs> better, out. better consistent hours and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, but I'm sure when you're negotiating, you'll be like, "And I'll do my old job as well." <laughs> <laughs> he already knew my shtick. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they don't hear this on the thing. It'll yeah. kill the negotiation. Right. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's great. It's like, yeah, not too happy with the place you're working. No, I'm not. You know what? I think I might get another job there. <laughs> that's the true, true path to happiness. <laughs> it's like, how can I stay at the place I hate but take a position where people look down on me? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, boy, I'm miserable in my marriage, but we're going to move. <laughs> that should work out. That new house. Exactly. What we need is a smaller bedroom. Right. No, it's really more like if we sleep on different sides of the bed. Right. <laughs> then, then all if I do different work. chores. But anyways, well, I hope that it works out for you. Yeah, I don't know for too. sure that they'll even really hire someone from inside or if they'll just contract out again or something, but uh, mm-hmm. I was so excited about it at the time mm-hmm. that I even said something to my boss about it. Mm-hmm. And nice. he, he was the one that actually mentioned that they were going to hire someone mm-hmm. uh, potentially for a full-time position mm-hmm. doing like... Uh, continuous improvement type projects. Well, you should talk right to the plant manager. I mean, I, plan I, to. I assume he's probably the one who makes the final call and they're going to do it. So, um, I, I do, If they do go external, I think you should invest in a uh, fake bushy mustache and a sombrero. That's an <laughs> excellent idea. But, hola, señor. <laughs> um, yo trabajo aquí. <laughs> Means like I work here now <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you bust that out in Spanish? <laughs> Not too often. <laughs> it's been a while since that job where he was uh, the only gringo on the floor, I think. Um, I did have a job where I was like one of the only primarily English speaking people. <laughs> so you had to like story? reassure them that you work there? <laughs> <laughs> now, it's great. I don't know if he's told the story on the podcast or not, um, but you should tell it. You tell it way better than I do. Oh, it's hilarious! So, 
he was introducing himself to uh, to his different coworkers. Um, <laughs> oh, that okay. I thought you were talking about the oh, time well, no, you there's visited. A, there's a time I visited him there, and I almost committed suicide before I left. <laughs> it was so depressing to walk in there because it was kind of stark. There weren't really uh-huh. that many people around, and it wasn't very well lit. <laughs> like yeah. it just seemed like a place that you would go. Hey, welcome to the it. killing floor. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it does feel like a place where it's like, I bet most people here are on work release. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he was telling me that he was introducing people, introducing himself to people. And what was the word that you were using? Oh, so uh, when when I had Spanish class back in high school, right? Uh I don't know. Did you guys, you did, you both did uh, foreign language, right? Yeah. French. I I did Spanish. um, So, yeah. So did you guys have like your Spanish name? Right. Well, like you probably tra- had a French name. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, it was, but it was like Mark. your foreign language. Mark. With the so, C. Uh, the exotic. Mine was Alonzo. Alonzo, yeah. So yeah. You, uh, you look like an Alonzo. Yeah. So Like Alonzo Morning. Oh. That's <laughs> exactly the only Alonzo like, that I know of. No. I was thinking about, Alonzo Rivera. Uh, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was Fresh Prince, right? Yeah. But uh, so the closest <laughs> name. It's Alfonso, not Alonzo. Alonzo. That's is what a I said. Very large, intimidating looking man who yeah. was the center for the Miami Heat. You ever heard of St. Alfonso? I don't believe so. Like, is that a legit Catholic saint? I mean, it, there's a lot of Catholic, there's a lot of Catholic saints, mm. but I'm not sure. But, yeah. um, anyways. Frank Zappa has a song about St. Alfonso's pancake breakfast. Oh, really? I didn't know if that was like a legit Catholic saint. I'd thing. say there's a, at least a 50 50 chance that any name is a Catholic saint's name. <laughs> <laughs> Also, a 50-50 chance the side of a pancake will come up heads. <laughs> Good observation. Thanks. I feel like that's from a song or something, and I don't get the reference. Um, or maybe it's just a rent original. Yeah, it's just something to uh, pad I, the episode. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, anyway, though, you were introducing yourself around. Yes. Yeah, so my, like, Spanish equivalent name was Jefe, right? Oh, nice. Do you get that joke already? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like oh, yeah. the chief or the chef, or the yeah. boss. Yeah. Well, Jefe is also boss, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm going to these Spanish-speaking temps, like tell him, "Yo, me llamo Jefe." <laughs> so he basically, I'm boss. Call me boss. <laughs> and they're supposed to be helping me out all day, like packing out the product. <laughs> Niceties, right? Right, exactly. So, I'm big on social graces. So. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a pretty good story. Yeah. Anyways, all right. I don't think I've seen you guys laugh that good for a while. <laughs> Sadly, folks, the rest of my <laughs> recap will not solicit that type of laughter. Well, at least we got it out up front. Yeah. <laughs> Do you close with a Once Upon a Time in St. Olaf? I do. Nice. <laughs> but, um, Hope springs eternal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are we ready, or do you, want to, do you guys have some more stuff to share? Um, let's mm-hmm. see. 
I don't know. The other ideas that I had for intros weren't all that great, so I think I'm ready to go. Do you have anything else, Brent? Oh, I got nothing. <laughs> all right, folks. Season 7, Episode 7. Uh, the episode title is Dateline Miami. Original air date was November 2nd, 1991. Uh, this one was written by Mark Cherry and Jane Wooten and directed by Peter Bite. Peter D. Bite. Mm. <laughs> or Bait. I don't really know. It's yeah. B-E-Y-T, so... I actually looked it up. I like spent an exorbitant amount of time trying to figure out how it was actually pronounced. Mm-hmm. I never did find it. Yeah. I actually mm-hmm. found a, a little short video with him accepting an uh, award. Mm-hmm. I think it was an Emmy, maybe. But uh, he didn't state his name, and no one else stated his name. He was just talking about some of the work he's done for thirty years. Oh, okay. Was it like a lifetime achievement award or something? Or I don't, I don't. It didn't even have enough context for that. It was mm-hmm. just a like thirty second video where he was mm-hmm. talking about. So he was already talking at that point, like they were. Yeah, it was just a him. portion mm-hmm. of an interview or gotcha. something. Gotcha. Nambla man of the year. <laughs> Nambla man, yes. He's a. Uh, just inspira- beat you out again. An inspiration for us all. <laughs> He's like your, uh, who's that one that Rose kept losing? <laughs> I don't know, but I think, you know, it's an honor just to be nominated, Skeet. You should <laughs> <laughs> look on the bright side. <laughs> At least they didn't make you present him the award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we open in the living room. <laughs> Sophia, Rose, and Blanche are uh, sitting in the living room, and Dorothy sweeps in, seeing that she's in heaven. Blanche asks why she's so happy. Before Dorothy can answer, though, Sophia interjects, saying that there's only one thing that makes her so happy. Rosen quickly joins the conversation, asking him, you're going back to Shady Pines? Yeah, I love that. Which, yeah, yeah, right out the gate, that's my favorite line of the show. Same. Yeah. That was fantastic. Sophia glares back for a moment and then tells Rose, no, you moron, she has a date. Uh, Rose and Blanche laugh and then confirm with her that she does, in fact, have a date. Blanche even scoffs at the idea that Dorothy having a date on Saturday night when she does not, saying that sounds like the plot of a Stephen King book. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy tells her that uh, her quote friend, she has originally had planned or she originally hadn't planned on mentioning uh, she was going out uh, to spare her feelings, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, following her insult, the comment is less. Uh, she is less inclined to protect her feelings, right? Right. She tells him that she's going out with uh, Dr. Lee Kagan. Mm-hmm. Both Rose and Blanche are immediately surprised to hear that she's going out with the, the good doctor. Uh, apparently, they both know him very well. Mm-hmm. Rose even gives him the hubba hubba. He's got everything. Mm-hmm. Blanche seems almost hurt, saying that Dr. Kagan has seen her in the buff many times. Confused as to why he would uh, then choose Dorothy after seeing, quote, the promised land. Yeah, that was pretty solid, too. Dorothy assumes that it has to do with the level of traffic passing through that land. <laughs> Uh, Dorothy turns to uh, to head out and tells him that not to wait up, and mentions that she'll be meeting uh, him at a fancy restaurant called L'Auberge. Mm. Sophia is concerned about any man that does not pick up her date at the door. Mm-hmm. Blanche asks if uh, this is all a ruse to make them think she has the date with the doctor. Dorothy, though, assures them that she's not lying, and tells Blanche that she's just jealous of the fact that she has a date on Saturday when she is sitting at home. Mm-hmm. Blanche again downplays this fact, saying, you know, hey, getting a date on Saturday night's easy. Let me know when you get lucky on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, that was solid as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when uh, a crossing guard set up a chair in front of their home, Blanche wanted to learn more. Mm-hmm. Uh, before leaving, Dorothy tells Rose that if she gets bored, to pull out a book and try to find Waldo. This seemed to me like a, a mean jab because, you know, Rose had been mostly enthusiastic for her. Yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know. Maybe it was just a... What she could take a, a, a 
stab at. Right, yeah. I mean, maybe she figured Rose couldn't have the snappy comeback to Blanche well, would. <laughs> Rose did laugh earlier when uh, they said that uh, she had a date on Oh, Saturday. that's true. Yeah. It does so. seem like whenever Dorothy has the slightest thing go her way, she gets super cocky. Oh, yeah, about. definitely. It's, it's, it's her least attractive quality. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Dorothy laughs maniacally while exiting. When the door closes, Rose uh, simply looks down at her notebook while shaking her head and says, I never liked her. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that delivery. Mm-hmm. That was good. Sophia again asserts that any man that doesn't pick up a date from the for, directly from home is a jerk. The girls agree that he probably is. Rose even points out that jerks tend to love that specific restaurant. Uh, she then begins to recount a story of a date she had at Low Bears shortly after Charlie had passed and she had moved to Miami. Mm-hmm. She says that she was feeling vulnerable and likely did something a bit dumb. Sophia and Blanche are shocked to hear it. Right. <laughs> like, no. So we see here a little flashback, and, and just as a thing for the, whoever's listening, these are not from previous episodes. It's not like a clip show per se. Mm-hmm. They're just little vignettes about things that supposedly happened before. Yeah, I, 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 do, I like these kind of shows in a I general do too. sense. I think yeah. they, they give a, like a little snapshot story that mm-hmm. usually has a lot more comedy packed into it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not always, but mm. I'd say more hits than misses. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, we see a well-dressed man escorting Rose into a nicely decorated restaurant. He, he claims to be his favorite eatery. He asks if she's ever been there, and she explains that she has not, and is just recently uh, beginning to date again, kind of afraid of meeting bad men. Right. Mm-hmm. He assures her, oh, no, no need to worry about me. I, I'm, a, I'm so... Normal that I'm dull, he right. says. Mm-hmm. Rose tells him that uh, in comparison to not going out, she's not dull at all. <laughs> right. Uh, he replies that she's quite a babe, mm. uh, prefacing that statement that he uh, it may be detrimental to his aspirations of becoming a Supreme Court justice. Oh, uh, a steam company he'll join. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> in the following moments, I think there's more things that are <laughs> detrimental to that uh, Aspiration. Well, I like Brent's observation better. It's just yeah. that he would fit right in <laughs> with some of our current, at least, you know. Not, not the it, cream of the crop. Right, yeah. And it's a Simpsons reference, too. Oh, yeah, very nice. <laughs> How so? I need to. Um, Homer has an encyclopedic knowledge of Supreme Court justices, and they're like, <sighs> they're listing them off, and he's like, he, he names a few, and he's like, oh, what a steam company he'll join. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rose tells him that uh, the place is very nice and asks if he uh, frequents the establishment. He says not too often and uh, that he doesn't really go out much. Just then, though, a woman getting up from an adjacent table approaches him and asks John if this is where he brings all of his, quote, cheap, fake, blonde floozies. (laughs) Uh, She says he disgusts her, throws a napkin in his face, and then storms away. Rose, noticeably confused, asks who that was. He uh, tells her it's his sister. <laughs> right. <laughs> he then suggests a French-sounding dish for dinner. Rose tells him that uh, she won't eat anything she can't pronounce, but then asks if they have a crazy-sounding Norwegian item, neither of which I Right, know. yeah. Then a very pregnant younger woman walks up to him, out of nowhere, basically, mm-hmm. uh, and asks Alan yeah. you know, what she can do to get him back. Rose questions the different name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that it's a nickname. Right. <laughs> Uh, he stands up and tells uh, the lady, Susan, that this is not the time or place to discuss the <coughs> subject. She claims she'd even dye her hair that match roses if he'll return to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they even make that color anymore, she right. says. Yeah. 
he kind of turns her away and he warns her that he's not even graded her final exam yet. Yeah, definitely a professor after Brent's heart. Boo. <laughs> 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 when Rose is clearly wondering what the heck's going on, he admits that you know he's had a few bad relationships with women. Mm. He nervously looks around and hollers for a waiter. Uh, then a nearby uh, member of the wait staff turns around and addresses him as Peter, mm-hmm. asking, huh, we just swing the way the wind blows, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks over Rose and sarcastically asks if she's Glinda, the good witch of the north. The man tells him that he's disgusted by him and says he should uh, scratch out his eyes. And then as he's walking away, he says, call me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, apparently he, he's not very discriminating yeah. on who he uh, screws over. Right, yeah. Or treats poorly, maybe. Rose's mouth is open, dumbfounded by the past several interactions, which I, w- I don't blame her. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as they've got in, it's just been <laughs> some interesting interactions. Mm-hmm. Over. Uh, he looks her up and down and simply says, Poker buddy. Yeah. <laughs> to explain that last one. Rose doesn't look convinced and begins to, uh, to get up, saying that the state may have been a bad idea. She tells him she'll just grab a cab to get home. He stops her, saying that John Patrick Anderson is. You know, regular guy. Uh, two men then in suits walk up to the table asking for Shlomo Ziegler. Yeah. <laughs> to which he also answers. Right. Uh, John answers to that name. They are apparently lawmen here to bring him in as the freeway flasher. Mm-hmm. Even at this point, John tries to convince Rose that you know this is all a misunderstanding. He tells her that you know he can uh, make a or that if he can make bail, he'd love to see her the next night. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a good line too. He says that he'll contact her with his one phone call, mm-hmm. uh, but Rose isn't going for it. The waiter then walks up. Uh, and st- he walks up to Rose, stating that they both need a hug. Mm. She doesn't quite know what to make of that, and that's yeah. where they end the scene. Uh, did I miss anything, you guys? No, I, there's a great line back in the kitchen, but I'll wait a second to see if you mentioned it or not. Sure, sure. All right, back in the present. Uh, we're in the living room now. Rose states that... Uh, he was a jerk, and he was no better on their second date. Yeah, that was the part I really liked. <laughs> um, one thing, which I mean, maybe you'll mention this specifically, but I don't know what kind of like uh, Herman Melville uh, level of detail she was given at this story. <laughs> right, <they're> like <laughs> three hours. Yeah, well, yes, <laughs> I do get to that, but yeah, yeah, like, simmer down, Hemingway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Now leads right in was and say, Sophia realized the time, saying that Dorothy has now been gone for three hours. Mm. And uh, I'd say, I'd say something like, that must mean Rose's story was roughly as long as Avengers Endgame. Right. <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, Sophia entertains the idea of calling the police, but dismisses it. Uh, Rose assumes that she must be having a good time to be out past midnight. Blanche reminds her, however, of a, uh, day, a date they both once had on New Year's Eve that didn't go quite so well, despite being late in the evening. Mm-hmm. Sophia and Dorothy were apparently visiting in New York. Rose says she had planned to stay home all along, uh, but Blanche brought two two brothers home from the Rusty Anchor. Mm-hmm. And now I watched this episode with my wife, and she heard the term the name Rusty Anchor and thought, "That's got to be something dirty, right?" Yeah, it sounds like it. So whoever wants to look it up, it's on uh, Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay, so I'll leave it at that. You're not going to give us the the details. Um, I think our listeners enjoy the details. Sure, of such yeah, nature. yeah. Um, let me see if I can remember because. Didn't necessarily stick with me, but I knew it was filthy. I think it's something like uh, you have butt sex and then cleaned off with oral. Oh, okay. 
Ask the rusty anchor. Say what? Ask the mouth. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. so we'll, I mean, you could look it up to verify, but uh, yeah. I think that was the gist. Okay, seems reasonable. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we have a flashback. We see in the kitchen, Rose is voicing her discontent that Blanche had disregarded her wishes to be home that night alone. Blanche claims that nobody really wants to be home alone on New Year's Eve. Rose disagrees. But Blanche points out that it's uh, bad luck not to get a kiss at midnight. She says one year she didn't get a kiss on New Year's Eve and then did not get lucky until after the Orange Bowl. Yeah. Which just for whoever doesn't know, this episode was recorded in 1991. Uh, From its inception in 1935 until 91, it had only ever played on the 1st or 2nd of January. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) at very most, (laughs) depending on the year, she may have had to wait a day. Right. <laughs> Rose follows up asking why she bothered to come home. We find out that Blanche had, had been kicked out uh, for mixing a margarita in a sailor's mouth. Mm-hmm. I guess even the rusty anchor has its... Uh, I did think, like, if... So, if essentially, she's saying that she was making out with the sailor, you know, like... I don't know. That's what like, it kind of sounds like. Mm-hmm. It does seem like an odd thing to get kicked out of a bar on New Year's Eve over. Yeah, but... Unless she was literally pouring drinks in or something, they had yeah. a rule against that. It could be. So you're mean, not the bartender. Maybe she was being a little too rowdy or something like that, but... Hard to say. Yeah. It's a different mm-hmm. time, Alan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the girls bring a, a plate of hors d'oeuvres out to the living room where the two men in tuxedos are waiting. Blanche makes a funny comment that she and Rose are the actual snacks. She then uh, legit snacks. <laughs> exactly. She then tries to coax Rose to take one of the gentlemen named Arnie out to the lanai so she can be alone with the other one named Bob. That agitated me. Like, <laughs> There's enough Arnie's in this. Right, yeah, like really, you couldn't come up with another name. I mean, granted, yeah. the only thing there was part of me I was like, is there a possibility that this little it's supposed was, to be the other Ernie. Well, no, I was thinking. Was supposed more, to tie in somehow? No, I was thinking like maybe it was recorded five years ago and they just now work <laughs> into an episode. Oh. <laughs> because, yeah, I was just thinking, surely somebody would be like, oh, wait, no, Miles <laughs> used to be called Arnie. Yeah. Let's uh, give him a different name. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they were caring too much. If, yeah. they, if they were able to use the same actor for two different <laughs> roles that both dated Rose, yeah, oh, fair they enough, were not above using the same name again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, when Rose doesn't immediately go along, uh, she br- oh, uh, Blanche, you know, tells her, remember the signal mm-hmm. for when I want to be alone? Uh, but Rose pushes back saying, you wouldn't hit me in front of company. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, too. Uh, Blanche flashes her look, and then Rose has Arnie follow her back to the uh, uh, lanai. Mm-hmm. When, uh, when Blanche finally has Bob's full attention, she, su- she suggests... Uh, they loosen up with some drinks, cards, or dancing. Bob tells her that you know while he does like music, he doesn't like any of those other options mm-hmm. because he was a priest. Right. I think she even says, well, are you a priest? And he's like, yes. <laughs> uh, her face goes blank in disbelief. Or disbelief. Uh, we cut to Rose and Arnie in the back. Uh, he cuts out the chit-chat and tells her that he's recently lost his wife. When Rose tries to comfort him, he suggests a back rub. Mm-hmm. And then we, we kind of go back and forth. Well, I did think it was funny because, like, when he's first out there and he's being all mopey, and mm-hmm. uh, she, she's, I think she asked him where he's from, and he says, What does it matter? Life is just a bottomless pit of muck and despair. Mm-hmm. And then she says, Let me guess, New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> that was solid. But. I don't know what you guys thought, but, like, he immediately set off my alert, like, as far as oh, being yeah. a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Just I would from the agree. tone. Well, then it made me wonder if, uh, if, 
the other one was going to be a scumbag because I thought maybe both of them were, were kind of running them. the con. Yeah, but I wondered that too, but yeah. I think that was obvious. Uh, they play later on that was not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who do you think was the better catch, Ernie or Shlomo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, at least Shlomo seemed like he was, you know, probably good at his craft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know about Arnie, though, so much. Um, he just seemed like he was looking for pity sex. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd rather have the con man than the, you know, schlub. Mm-hmm. You act <laughs> as if there's a different kind. <laughs> <laughs> what, between a con man and a schlub? There's no middle room. <laughs> All men are one of those two sex. baskets. <laughs> What did you say, Brent? A kind of sex other than pity sex. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I argue that there's lesbian sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Checking mate. <laughs> Insinuate, of course, that anything with a man is yeah. pity sex. I get it. Uh, so yeah, we kind of go back and forth between uh, you know Blanche and Rose at this point. We see Bob is explaining to Blanche that uh, his challenging, deci- challenging decision to leave the priesthood four months ago, and uh, in this case, uh, she cuts the chit chat and asks him if his time out of uh, the service has been quote one big party. Uh, we find out that Bob is currently on his very first date, and he's never been with a woman or even seen a naked lady, but seems quite interested. Mm-hmm. Upon learning this, Blanche is instantly inspired to help him. Right, yeah. Uh, back on the lanai, we see Rose giving Arnie a back rub, uh, regaling him with one of her St. Olaf cow stories. Um, upon hearing this, though, the man breaks down and begins crying. He explains that uh, the cow reminds him of his departed wife, who is named Elsie. Right. Again, Rose attempts to uh, make the man feel better, and uh, she suggest- or he suggests that she hold him. So she rests his head upon his ch- her chest, and all of a sudden he doesn't sound quite so sad. Mm-hmm. And then Bla- back to Blanche is uh, now bringing out a box from the bedroom that's full of props that we are led to believe that she's used in sex. I yeah. guess mm-hmm. uh, she tells Bob that his first time should be special and uh, gentle, as she is quote looking for a riding crop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now we see Arnie again telling Rose that you know he's feeling better, but would love a kiss. At this point, it seems obvious that he's abusing her kindness. She gives him a small kiss on the cheek, a little peck. Uh, he then turns around and plants one on her lips, knocking her back onto the lounge chair that they're kind of just sitting on. Rose does not look to uh, reciprocate the sentiment. Yeah. And then back at Blanche again, she is continuing to loosen Bob up. Uh, he admits that he's nervous, excited, and spiritually confused. <laughs> right. Uh, she throws away his bow tie and stands him up, but before she can get her kiss... Uh, to start things off, Rose storms back in, uh, running away from Arnie while calling him disgusting. Mm-hmm. Blanche asks what's wrong, and Rose explains that he uh, wants her to sleep with him because uh, he's lost his wife. But Bob, being apparently a, a decent guy, chimes yeah. in mm-hmm. and says, Elsie's not dead. She's in a fat farm in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even at this point, Arnie tries to muster Rose's sympathy, saying, you know, now that you know the truth, don't you feel sorry for me? Yeah. Uh, she vehemently tells him to get out. Rose sits on the couch and asks aloud why anyone would want to sleep with someone they just met for a few hours ago uh, and don't even love. Upon hearing this, uh, Bob is convinced that she's right and tells Blanche that he's got to go home and get down on his knees for forgiveness. Uh, She tells him that they can do that together. Mm. (laughs) Uh, But he's already gone. Rose turns on the TV just in time to hear the New Year's countdown. 
I think they're like five seconds too, so yeah. pretty good timing. Right. Not having uh, gotten her uh, New Year's kiss, Blanche stares down Rose, uh, who's not even looking at her, but Rose shuts her down flatly. Mm-hmm. I think she says something like, don't even think about it. Yep, I guess no uh, pity sex in that relationship. There mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we flash to the present. Uh, we see the girls walking in the kitchen, and Sophia has, uh, has to clarify with Blanche that she was calling the ex-priest a jerk because he didn't sleep with her. And she verifies that, yeah, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are told that it's now after 1 a.m., and Dorothy's still out. Another, Another long, yeah. nice long story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Blanche assumes that Dr. Kagan must be a, a quite a fun time. Rose, however, says that, no, yeah, he may have drugged her and sold her into white slavery. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Why well, it has to be white slavery, I don't know. But that was just the term she used. Yeah, but I did like that Sophia's reply was that, uh, either way, I'm glad she's out of the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was a good t- uh, comeback. Uh, she decides to share a jerk story of her own, starting off Brooklyn, 1948. Mm-hmm. Uh, we flash back. We see a young man named Myron is helping Sophia with some chores around the house. She thanks him and sits him down to talk. She starts to uh, compliment him by uh, listing the, some of his good qualities. Mm-hmm. But he cuts her off, saying that he still won't date his daughter. Uh, she contests you know, <laughs> so that she's been spending way too much time with some, quote, Yutz names Bornak. Mm-hmm. And doesn't know what a and she doesn't even know what a real date is like. He pushes back again, saying that you know she just isn't his type. Uh, so Sophia asks if Mr. Hamilton is his type. You guys remember what bill that is? Ten. Ten. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He takes the bunny and uh, she instructs him to arrive at seven thirty with a nice gift, which ten bucks even by what about the sixties maybe or fifties. I think she said forty eight, didn't she? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. She said forty eight. Sorry. So, you but think 10, 10 bucks would go real far? It, I think it would easily cover the date. Nice gift? I don't know. Well, I no. think you said pretty gift. Okay, Something pretty, pretty gift, so yeah. like Maybe a flower. Flowers. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe. It just didn't seem, by today's standards, it's right. 10 bucks doesn't go too far. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he takes the money and, instru- and she instructs him to arrive at 7.30 with a nice gift. He tells her that a good night kiss will be extra, which is kind of scummy. Mm-hmm. So uh, she forks over another bill and adds, but no tongue. But then she uh, quickly changes her mind and lays another bill into his hand saying, ah, what the hell. Yeah. Just then, a young Dorothy walks in with a man she, uh, uh, Sophia refers to as Sam. Mm-hmm. He corrects her saying, that, no, it's Stan, but uh, she makes it clear that she doesn't care. Yeah. Dorothy says urgently to her mother that you know, they have something that she need, they need to talk to her about. Uh, Sophia ignores her daughter and prompts Myron to speak up. As agreed, he asks her out on a date. Sophia looks up at Dorothy with hope in her eyes, asking what her answer will be. Her daughter simply says, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Byron walks up to Sophia and says somewhat uh, quietly, this is going to cost a lot more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is a funny follow-up. Mm-hmm. Sophia quickly escorts Myron to the door. He turns and asks about the money she already gave him. She pushes him out, saying it's hush money. Yeah. She turns her attention to the young couple. Stan says he's not sure how this happened. Sophia asks if they possibly drank from the same cup, <laughs> which I thought that was a pretty good line. Yeah. Dorothy tells Stan to go into the kitchen so she can talk to Ma alone. She then apologizes to her mother for laying her down. Uh, Sophia admits that her, she is disappointed, throwing her dreams away for, a, quote, an hour's worth of passion. Mm-hmm. Dorothy cheerfully agrees that she's messed up, but does get caught up on the 
hour portion of what she said. Right. Asking if that's how long it's supposed to be. I think she follows up on that two or three times, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Now, when you say an hour, does that include everything? <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy says that she uh, still plans to attend college and become a teacher. She adds that Stan has asked to marry her. Uh, Sophia disregards this and asks, who could marry her in the state? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dorothy tells her mother that she has actually accepted the proposal. Sophia asks if she has signed anything to that end. They sit down on the couch together, though, and uh, share a bit of a sweet moment. Sophia says that her baby is having a baby. Uh, Dorothy tells her mother that she's scared. And Sophia kindly explains that, you know, despite the immense pain of bringing li- life into the world, it is also rewarding. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something? I was going to say, is I was just going to note that, you know, granted, I am not the virile young man that I once was, but <laughs> I think that the hour would certainly include everything. Like, <laughs> I don't think there's an hour of penetrative, you know. And, I don't know, Brent, in your heyday, do you think you could go for an hour straight of just, um, you know. Pound town? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no foreplay included, no cuddling, whatnot. Just an hour of actual intercourse. Um, from soup to nuts? No. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> So, yeah, so I, I think I think the everything I think everything would be included in the hour. <laughs> I mean, a young man may be able to, you know, like Brent has talked about his refractory period many times on the podcast. It may be a brief period, but not for Rose and Charlie. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just session one. Yeah, exactly. That's a portion of session one. So, but. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, even though childbirth is extremely painful, mm-hmm. bringing uh, life into the world is rewarding. And that the baby will have a lot of love waiting for him. Yeah. Even though the, she hadn't, she said she was pregnant, but she hadn't mentioned that it, it was a boy or girl yet, right? Right. <laughs> I'm sure they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So, yeah, but she just says a generic him, I guess. Mm-hmm. They hug, and Dorothy admits that uh, she hates Stan's last name. Uh, but Sophia points out, well, hey, at least he has a full head of hair. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And we go back to present. Rose comments that it's quite a, quite a story. Mm-hmm. Sophia agrees that it was, adding that it was funny, touching, and with a surprise ending, mm-hmm. which I guess is the, the surprise is Stan's looming hair loss. All right, maybe. She then asks herself, I wonder if it was true, <laughs> <laughs> blaming her stroke uh, for her lack of confidence. Right. Just then, Dorothy walks into the kitchen from the back. Uh, she sees all the girls sitting at the table. She asks if uh, they'd like to hear about the date. Blanche assumes off the bat that it was horrible. But Dorothy tells him that, nope, it was wonderful. Again, Sophia questions what kind of man doesn't walk her date to the door, or walk his date to the door. Dorothy, though, replies, a man that's too exhausted to walk. (laughs) Blanche kind of feigns shock, but wants all the details. Dorothy says they laughed, they danced, they drank, they cried. And she can't explain the rest because she's too shy. Yeah. And that is where we close. Yeah, Yeah, solid episode. Um, There was a... uh, A lot of guest actors in that episode. so High-quality ones, too. Yeah. um, I'll try to go through them at least relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, first off, I'll say the one person who I really like, Mm -hmm. but I thought was a missed recasting in this one, was Mm -hmm. Lenny Green. Um, Mm -hmm. I I like Lenny Green as a young Dorothy, Mm -hmm. not as a 17-year-old Dorothy. (laughs) Right, yeah. Because they specifically said in a few episodes ago that she was 17 when she got pregnant. Right. And so this would have been... 30, she was 37 when this episode came yeah. out, <laughs> and she looked 37. Like yeah. she, she didn't look like, oh, yeah, she could be in her 20s. Like I mean, yeah, yeah you could believe her if she was supposed to be like 28 or 29, uh-huh. 
but definitely 17, could yeah, not that's a fire as a high school student. Stan mm-hmm. looked too old, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Lenny Green, she played young Dorothy, of course, uh, fourth out of her four episodes of The Golden <laughs> Girl, so this is it for her. Uh, we had uh, Pat Harrington Jr. Yay. He played John. Mm-hmm. 256 titles for him. This is his only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, he had several things that he was part of. Colombo, Kolchak, the Night Stalker, mm-hmm. Beverly Hillbillies, and the Munsters. But yep. Brent even, I think, mentioned this I last did. episode. Uh, but, of course, by far most well-known as Schneider from One Day at a Time. Yep. He was in this episode. Yeah, what's yep. up? It was in this episode that I Oh, mentioned. it was this episode you meant perfect. Because um, we were talking about Ski's career change. Oh, that's right. Yeah, very well done. Um, yeah, and uh, there's actually, have you ever been to Schneider's? Uh, there's like a bar, Mm-mm. like a, I don't know, what tavern-type place Mm-mm. in Greenwood called uh, Schneider's. No, I and didn't they, know such a thing existed. It's pretty good. I've been there with my dad a couple <coughs> times. Hmm. Um, and, uh, it has Where's a, it at? It's on 135. Hmm. And it has a picture of Schneider on the wall. Nice. So I, I don't think it's at all related to that actual guy. Yeah. Um, but still. <laughs> they have a cigarette vending machine? Uh, probably. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> at this point in time, I'd guess no. Are yeah. cigarette vending machines even legal anymore? Probably not. Yeah. I um, remember when I was a kid, they had one at the White Castle. Oh, I was they? always intrigued by it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, well, then we had uh, Lenny Wolf. He played Arnie. Mm-hmm. Um, 59 titles to him. Only Golden Girls. Uh, Jesse Dobson played... Uh, Myron, uh, 300 and, uh, surely it wasn't 334 titles for that person. I think it was, no, sorry, 33 titles, um, <laughs> 30, 33 titles, only Golden Girls, nothing, uh, particularly notable there. Mm-hmm. Richard Tanner played young Stan, mm-hmm. 121 titles for him, his only yeah. Golden Girls. You know how old he was? Uh, I do not know that one. I didn't check, but, uh, he's been in a few things, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Shameless Silicon Valley, and, uh, one episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Nice. As a Vulcan initiate, <laughs> uh, we also had Margaret Reed as she played the, pra- the pregnant woman. Mm-hmm. Sixty-six titles for her. Her only Golden Girls. Nothing real spectacular, but uh, one episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm. Um, it's funny because I know you're a Star Trek fan in general, Brent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that we kind of started this because Numi was a Star mm-hmm. Trek fan, and I don't know if she's even still listening because yeah. <laughs> she hasn't sent us a message in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just an odd through strand that we've continued because uh-huh. I think Ski and I are at best mild Star Trek fans. I was definitely more of a Star Trek fan when I was younger, but like, uh, so Next Generation was, I think, my favorite. Yeah, from, same from here. The series. But I've, I haven't watched any of the subsequent ones. Like, I've seen a fair number mm-hmm. of the original. I've seen most, I don't know about all, but definitely most of the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen most of the movies. Um, <laughs> I, I have not. I've seen the Next Generation related movies, but not the other ones, mm-hmm. but... It is funny that we still keep that going. Yeah. Well, it's crazy that how much there is like a, a strand. Like, I, mm-hmm. granted, you have that many franchises, you're gonna have a lot of overlap, especially yeah. with the time, the way it is, like the yeah. era. But uh, mm-hmm. there is a lot. I do think um, when season three of Picard wraps up, I'm gonna track that down. And I've heard this. really good things yeah. about it. So I'm just gonna watch all three seasons and go through. I've heard mixed reviews. Have you seen any episodes? Or? I've not. No, I haven't either. Not. But I'm really looking forward to it. It's got, I mean, it's a lot of the same staffing from mm-hmm. uh, Next Generation, so yeah. you know the actors are good. But mm-hmm. Well, at least Rotten Tomatoes has it as, like, in the 90s. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I haven't heard, not heard anything mixed about it. Everything seemed positive. I've, what I've heard is from Trek fans. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't like it for whatever reason. Yeah, well, I don't like them. Some so. people, <laughs> and some are, like, really semantic. Like, people just have, like, the way they want things to be. And oh, yeah. But the writers don't go the exact way they think. Mm-hmm. That happens with Star Wars a lot, too, I think. Sure. Yeah. Well, by this point, Picard would be wearing a toupee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had uh, Mae Quigley. She played a woman. Uh, 31 titles to her name. Her only Golden Girls. Uh, the one thing that was notable to me was that she was in uh, five episodes 
of my so-called life, which was one of Sherry's favorite shows growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I think she was that show was on right around the time she was that age. Gotcha. Or, or at least heading towards that age. Yeah. Um, it was her blossom. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Claire Danes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Miss Lerner is the character she played. Uh, then we had Stan Roth. He played the policeman. This was mm-hmm. his uh, third of three episodes of the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Vallet, I believe. He mm-hmm. was the, or maybe Olet, I can't remember, but he was the waiter. Mm-hmm. 38 titles for him and his only Golden mm-hmm. Girls. And then we had one other guest actor. Oh, yeah, Fred Willard. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Fred Willard, he... He played Bob. 539 titles, Tim. I'm going to list them all now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this was his only... How many? 539. Are you going to rank them? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll list them first, then we can rank them. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll, and we'll, we'll compare. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to list the 539, and you need to tell me which one we're going to drop off. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is his only Golden Girls. Um, he was on... Kind of recently, 14 episodes of Modern Family as mm-hmm. Phil's dad. Yeah. Uh, he was in both of Anchorman, which are mm-hmm. personal favorites yeah. of um, Only 14 episodes of Modern Only 14, Family? 14, yeah. <laughs> but he did pass away during the. Oh, that's true. Oh, I didn't know um, he died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he was also in, of course, a couple of great movies, The a Mighty Win and Best in Show, mm-hmm. um, and Austin Powers as well. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, one episode of The Simpsons as Wally Kagan in mm-hmm. a Sunday Cruddy Sunday. Kagan, mm-hmm. really? Mm hmm. Um, and they had Dr. Kagan in this one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Season 10, episode 12. In that case we never see. Like check it yeah. out. <laughs> so, Brent, I, obviously, Fred Willard is a great actor. Uh-huh. I think we all love him. He's been in so so many things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was in Wally and yeah, lots yeah. of other stuff. But do you have a particular favorite Fred Willard performance? Um, yes. Um, my all time favorite is his episode, or his cameo, whatever, the sketch that he did on I Think You Should Leave. Oh, okay. You remember that one? I have not seen that one. Oh, it's so amazingly good. So basically, um, it's at like a, there's a church, and the there's a funeral going on, and the normal organist is out sick, and so Fred Willard is the guest organist, okay? okay? But instead of playing the church organ, he brings his own organ, mm-hmm. but it's Don't like a, um, <laughs> it's like a, like a circus kaleidoscope oh, type like, organ do, 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 do. exactly oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like and so he's like you know this next song is called um the baby duck eats the squished tomato <laughs> and and like he's playing he's got like the aruga horns and he's like throwing <laughs> plates on the ground to smash them <laughs> and everything it's the most brilliant thing you'll ever see in your entire life and it's my all-time favorite fred willard thing i'll definitely have to check that out i mean i don't have i've heard that that uh ep- What's the show you said it was called? I think you should leave. Um, it's, I've never heard of that. It's a sketch comedy show, and that's my just my favorite sketch from. Generally it. speaking, I love sketch comedy yeah. anyway. So yeah, and there was um my clo- uh, not close second, but like it's second place would be. <sighs> I am blanking on. He plays an Uber driver. Okay. Um, <laughs> and he's like, "Do you like music?" Okay. That was when you like, and then you start singing hot cross buns. <laughs> and I love that so yeah. much. Yeah, hot cross buns, hot cross buns, <laughs> two for a nickel, hot cross buns. <laughs> so that's my second most favorite. Very solid. I don't have a particular favorite, but I had a feeling that you would, and I'm glad I asked. Yeah, um, I think the two anchor mans are probably 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, but I love those movies. I don't know that I love Fred Willard. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think he's great enough. in it, but yeah. it's yeah. not where I'm like, he's not he's what the, makes the movie. Yeah, he's not one of the, the main characters, yeah, yeah. per se. But he's solid. He's solid in everything I've ever seen him in, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyways, uh, all right. Well, so, I would it, say when I think of him, those are probably the, the two shows that I think of him most right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I know this is jumping ahead, but since we're talking about it or whatever, yeah. like if you'd have told me ahead of the episode, like, all right, here's the guest stars of this episode. I was like, oh, well, you know, I look forward to awarding, you know, Fred Willard the MVP because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to imagine a scenario in which he did not get the MVP, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I especially couldn't imagine a scenario where he loses to Schneider. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but this week he did. Ah. <laughs> like I thought that Fred Harrington Jr. just did a bang-up job as Shlomo. Um, so he gets my MVP over Fred Willard. And like, what a crazy world in which we live. <laughs> that Fred Willard loses to Schneider. <laughs> How about you, Ski? Who got your MVP? I gave it to Rose. I said she had uh, several of the funniest lines. And she finally shut down a handsy man named Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it to Blanche just because there was one line in there. I, I don't think you alluded to it, um, but where you know he's telling her about being a virgin, uh-huh. and it, just the look on her face, and she says, "Oh God, this brings out the artist in me." Um, I just love <laughs> yeah, that that's... line so much, uh, and just the way that she reacted to it. And I thought too, some of her you know barbs at uh, Dorothy were pretty great as well. So, but. I think all solid choices uh, for MVP this this episode. Um, how many slices of cheesecake for you, Ski? Six. I thought it was a pretty decent vignette episode mm-hmm. with some fun stories, but almost no Dorothy, except for young Dorothy in the final story. Yeah. What about you, Brent? Um, real quick, it was um, an episode of New Girl, where New he Girl. was the Uber driver oh, singing okay. Hot Cross Buns. <laughs> um, yeah, I gave it six and a half. You know, um, I thought I loved all the guest stars. I think they were all really, really good mm-hmm. and everything. The uh, the gay waiter with Shlomo was a bit much, but yeah. I probably kept it from going to seven. But I thought it was just a really good episode. Yeah, I gave it a six. Also, I thought it was good. That, like I said, even though I like Lenny Green, they mm-hmm. just I don't know. I don't think it worked out very well. I didn't yeah. like that vignette very well at all. Anyway, yeah. um, I just thought that was seventeen is a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that. I was... liked her as a Dorothy character, though. I yeah. thought she had a lot of the same. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Like it was believable that she was a younger Dorothy. When she's played uh, Dorothy in her like twenties and thirties, it's spot on. Like yeah. I think it's a great uh, casting. It oh, just, definitely. Just, I mean, I, I think she's the second best actress to ever play Dorothy, behind <laughs> behind Dorothy, or is there another one? It's B. Arthur. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to be like, oh, there was one episode where another person played her, uh, and then take a with this little shit smile there. I could tell that's exactly what Brent was getting at. <laughs> I was hoping it was, but I wasn't confident it was for sure. But. It was like. Remember the little girl who played Dorothy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like totally. I can see yeah. you go in that direction. And then Didn't B. Arthur like... was third place. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's... Uh, Just a contrarian to me. I mean, it would not have surprised me. And you've taken your fair number of shits on Dorothy anyway. <laughs> on B. Arthur. <laughs> so, um, uh, all right. Well, I think a good episode. My favorite part of the episode was Ski's story about... <laughs> Making his coworkers call him boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, another solid episode, a couple in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anything else to add before we close it out today? Just once upon a time and say hola. Oh yeah, great. I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> I don't, I'm so accustomed. I know that every you know the last several times you've done recaps, you've had your your addition at the end. But especially since you know we oftentimes record multiple ones uh-huh. at a time. 
we've already done one with the more traditional, like, mm-hmm. you know, MVP rating, mm-hmm. you know, sign off. We wrap it up, yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm not, tra- I'm not intentionally it's quite all right. forgetting mm-hmm. that. I'm easily forgettable. That's that's what all my that's what all my family members say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's what both my parents have told me. Uh-huh. That's what you're not. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. The, with, right. uh, Natalie Cole got nothing on ski. <laughs> right. The what? Natalie Cole got nothing on ski. <laughs> All right, you ready too, Brent? Yeah, I'm ready. Definitely, definitely. Once upon a time. So my favorite part of this story is, like you mentioned, that you had a printing error. Oh, yes. So he's got like 98% of it on paper, and then like the final four words are on his phone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more than four words, but yeah, it's just the last little bit. It was weird because like the printer like it, like just stopped. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? Like, Because it, normally it'll shoot the paper out when it's done printing. Yeah. You can actually see at the very base of the paper is like a weird... Like ink smear, uh, so it like just jammed or something. Mm. But what's weird is it printed uh, my second page first, and then my first page. Mm. So it was really just a weird, like printing error on the on the first printout. So yeah, well, it's funny because I don't know. I've learned fairly recently that Ski is apparently quite the environmentalist. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he seems like the kind of person that cares a lot about the environment, but not so much to do much. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But he does mm-hmm. recycle, apparently. I actually do. I don't know. That's actually part of one of the uh, things that makes me want to possibly take on this job, mm-hmm. if it's if it's available, is because right now I think our uh, recycling program and stuff is done kind of piss poorly. I think it's that Ski's not preachy. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know because he hasn't given me shit about my lack of environmental gotcha. yeah. uh, consciousness, which yeah. I should definitely be more... Um, and so I didn't assume Ski was. Uh, and then uh, Nicole was telling me about how intense he is about it at his house and you know, separating the plastics from the papers and whatnot. Um, because I would have definitely just reprinted the page. And Ski uh, yeah. is probably like, I'm not going to waste a whole sheet of paper. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, in this case, it's, it's not just the papers, the ink. Yeah. Because the ink is pretty expensive. That's true. But all right. Well, go ahead, Ski. I'm looking forward to, to your story. Hopefully, it's, uh, it's decent. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, once upon a time in St. Olaf, a very young Rose was still living in the St. Olaf orphanage. She had gone to school that day and was teased by other kids. They were discussing their families, especially uh, mommies and daddies. Sadly, Rose did not have any information to share, except that she'd been living at the orphanage since she could remember. At that time, she did not know that her mother had passed away during childbirth, but had decided that it was likely... Her birth father was Bob Hope. Mm. I think I actually looked back on the other episodes mm-hmm. to get the context again. And she says that, uh, you know, growing up, because she didn't know her dad, she had a very specific idea of what he looked like in her head. Right. And when uh, the orphanage group went to go see a movie and it was starring Bob Hope, she said, ah, oh, that's him. That's my father. Right. Uh, but uh, on hard or upsetting days like this, she'd sometimes write him letters about her life and thoughts. In retrospect, it was similar to a little girl keeping a diary. Below is one such letter. Uh Dear Daddy, I love you, and I hope you are doing good. Ha ha. See how I put hope in that part? (laughs) 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 I know you are busy and probably don't have time to write back, but if you do, or if you could do it, I would like that. Today we talked about our families during class at school. I am in second grade, if you don't remember that from my last letter. I wanted to tell everybody that you are my daddy, but since we haven't met yet in person, I'm afraid that no one would believe me, and because you are so fa- or really famous and in movies. 
and know that you would be a really fun daddy because you like to tell jokes and make people laugh a lot. Sometimes I tell jokes too and make people laugh like you do. I must get that from you, mm. I think. I have good friends, but sometimes they are mean and pick on me because I don't live with a mommy and daddy, but I live in the children's home. Some bad kids say it's because nobody loves me or wants, wants me to be their daughter, but I know that you would not be like that. I know that you are good to people and would be a good daddy and would make me laugh and teach me more jokes. Maybe I could be in movies with you and we could tell jokes together. Hold on. This is where it kind of jumps over my thing. I have to go to bed soon, but I have to brush my teeth and say my prayers first. So I will write to you again soon. I hope you have a great week. And that my le- or you get my letter and it makes you smile. Ha ha. See, I used hope again. <laughs> I love you and have a good night and God bless you and be safe. I can't wait to meet you sometime. Love, Rose. The end. <laughs> so, it's one of those things that... That would be the saddest thing (laughs) ever, except we all know that that story has a happy ending, and that happy ending is, you know, 50 years later, that little girl sitting alone in the kitchen having a birthday cake by herself. (laughs) (laughs) That's the happy ending. (laughs) Well, a couple observations. Uh, another, Another solid... Laugh riot <laughs> story. <laughs> but uh, number one, I thought it was odd. I, I will admit that um, I didn't know that the orphanage sent their kids to normal school. I thought that they were kind of like schooled within the orphanage. Um, I didn't realize that they had to be put back way. into gin pop. Um, <laughs> it just seems cruel to send them out to be with kids that have parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I, I also wanted to note that I thought that that the hope pun that you did twice, was, yeah, was right on par with Brent's anchor anchor pun that we both missed <laughs> in prior episode. Well, that's why you know uh, Rose points it out. Yeah. <laughs> See, if you point it out, Brent, then people appreciate it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I appreciate another another installment. <laughs> I, I wonder what the listeners think of these stories. Um, if you have opinions or feedback, let me know. I, I mean, let us know in the comment section and not in the review section. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, my favorite part is that it is so not written for comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I, I'm building the world here. I'm not <laughs> here for jokes. <laughs> so, all right. Well, another well, uh, the happy ending is that she meets Bob Hope. Yeah, know? well, that's true. And um, her natural father. Mm-hmm. I mean, the happy ending is way down the line. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess she kind of had three dads then. <laughs> she had Bob Hope, she had the monk, and then she had, you know. Billy Barty. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, another solid uh, uh, Saint Olaf. That is a murderous row of talent, though. Mm-hmm. If you got Don Amici, Bob Hope, and Billy Barty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Billy Barty is the least talented of your dads, then you're doing pretty damn good. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, if Billy Barty is the Steve Gutenberg of your three dads. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good throwback. 
So <laughs> do you think that you should reboot that? <laughs> um, and, I mean, you'd obviously have to do it as a fan fiction, but yeah. um, since I think all three of them are dead at this point. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess Don Amici would be the Tom Selleck and mm-hmm. uh, Bob Hope would be the Ted Danson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should try to write that up for his Brent. Okay. <laughs> Send it off to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, well, another uh, another excellent episode of uh, Back in St. Olaf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as well as uh, another solid episode of the Golden Girls. At yes. least. So. Yes. All right. Well, I hope that everybody enjoyed the uh, this week's episodes and stories and whatnot. And until next week, stay golden, Coco. Mm. Good luck, Jennifer. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.